Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I am joined by Alana Pierce, Hi. Andrew Goldfarb, Hello. and Miranda Sanchez. Oh. Yes, thank you guys so much. How's everyone's week going this week? Exciting. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's been exciting. Yeah. yeah. A lot of squealing. It's been a little, yeah. <laughs> it's been a little eventful. Um, yeah, obviously, new Pokemon games have been announced. One has even been released, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, we're going to talk about both of them today. We also are going to have a little bit of a break in the middle of the show where we're going to world premiere uh, the exclusive trailer for Crystal Crisis on Switch. And then we're going to talk to Nicholas Devs. They're actually here uh, in our office at IGN, and uh, we're going to talk to them about Crystal Crisis and Ikaruga, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But before we get into that stuff, let's go back and talk about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Mm -hmm. I mean, how... All right, I want to judge the excitement level here. <laughs> On a scale from 1 to 10, What? how does everyone feel about Crying. this? Crying. Yeah? Crying. Like ten? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like a ten and a half or something. Okay. On a scale of one to crying. <laughs> Look, as soon know, as they just... said that it was based in Kanto, is yeah. when I was like, "Oh, I'm sold. Yeah. I love Kanto. I have those gym badges tattooed on me, <laughs> so it's like pretty important to me." And I love the original 150. Um, but the the thing that makes me less excited is that it, I don't know how the battle system is going to work. I don't know how grinding is going to work. I know right. it's not a true RPG, and there's still one coming, but I don't know how that stuff is going to work. So I, I kind of want more information right now. Yes. Yeah. 
that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, I was actually like tweeting uh, direct messaging with Andrew over the weekend, and he schooled me on some uh, Pokemon information, which thank you. I appreciate that. But I was also a little worried about like, okay, is this basically Pokemon Go? Like the video game, essentially. Like our, I know that it's you know focused on uh, trainer battles, and you're not going to have any sort of random encounters uh, with Pokemon in the wild. So that kind of like throws me off. Like, well, how much is battle battling going to be focused here? Mm. It I seems mean, like a perfect hybrid. Yeah, like, it's like okay. all of the catching encounters are like Pokemon Go. So no random encounters. You see them in the overworld. You click them to interact with them. That stuff is very Pokemon Go esque, and and throwing Pokeballs instead of battling. But then the trainer battles, like the trainers you meet along the route, that seems to be super. Core Pokemon right. I mean, influence. it's hard to say from what we've seen so far, but all the animations that we've seen from the battles in the original trailer mm -hmm. announcement um, seem just as intense as you would in other, any other Pokemon game. Right. And so I think this is just a great marriage of that nostalgia and then also bringing in the Pokemon Go players to like get that full Pokemon experience. Yeah. And like, I was like, we're going on your first adventure again, but in a new way. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, and I think Nintendo <laughs> and Game Freak, they've been so, like, um, like very well in their messaging, or they've been getting that message across real nice that this is really kind of meant for, um, and I want to say, like, the the fans, the Pokemon fans that we are, I guess, or at least I am, where I grew up with red, blue, and yellow, and then I started falling off a little bit later, like, when, um, you know, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out, or Sun and Moon came out, like, eventually. It's like, that I was really, really recently. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. But, I mean, like, you know, even on, like, the DS, like, I kind of drifted away from it, um, but I still care so much about those original first 151 Pokemon. Yeah. So, like, for me, this is so cool that they're focusing on that. Um, it's a, totally a trip down memory lane being back at the Kanto region. Well, I, so, think, I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Like yeah. we, we were playing Pokemon Go uh, a couple weeks ago and you were like, I don't care about these. Like, you know, it's like- yeah, I was like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And I still played them all, but it's like the ones that are like embedded in my heart are the Kanto original 150 or yes, 150. Exactly. I don't and count as Mew as an original Pokemon. Yeah, and good reason too, because like that's what we grew up with, right? Yeah. And they, yeah. we had the anime to go with it and all the books and whatever else you played with the card game. Um, I think- this is a really interesting thing, though, because when I was talking to Casey about like interviews she had about this, um, I you believe, can read yes, yes, please mm -hmm. go read those. Um, I believe someone said that the idea with this game was that they had the, I guess, conception that maybe or perception that a lot of younger kids couldn't play Pokemon Go because they didn't have smartphones, mm -hmm. right? And like maybe you could like share your parents' phone or something, but that's not really yeah. acceptable, I guess, for them, and mm -hmm. that they really wanted to share this experience with everybody, or the Pokemon Go experience specifically. It does uh, seem like it's supposed to be slightly more kid-friendly, and that it is yes. taking out some of the like grindy aspects of Pokemon, which I personally love, but uh, it being more accessible is great. But it also seems like they're trying to get the audience who loves Pokemon Go, who really jumped on the train when it launched last year, the year before? Two years ago. Two years ago. Almost exactly now. two years, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. So, like, all the people who I think probably were people who were only familiar with the original Pokemon who jumped on that and haven't played in a while. Yeah, yeah and it's like, like, even Pokemon Go does a really smart thing where it's Gen 1, but it's Gen 1 sort of through the lens of Gen 7, mm -hmm. meaning, like, you still have some things that were added later, like like types and genders and things that came in later generations. Mm -hmm. I think they've done a smart way of, like, you have those original Pokemon, but they're sort of, like, slightly colored by the more modern perspective. And, like, mm -hmm. I'm glad, like, Alolan forms are still going to be in this because like I feel like it would be weird to not acknowledge that that stuff exists you know yeah and it's I think it's such a great idea that they're blending like Pokemon Go aspects with this Pokemon game on Switch because obviously like you know the game has been downloaded they said I think they said something like over 800 million times uh, which is an amazing number uh, especially for a mobile game download so like you know for Nintendo to sort of look past that would be foolish and they're geniuses for trying to bring some of that audience that enjoyed Pokemon Go so much and sort of introduce or reintroduce the core I don't want to call this a core game because it's obviously not a core game but almost core style gameplay of what we know of Pokemon yes. with Pokemon Go. So you're saying so. this isn't really a remake of Yellow as so much as a reimagining because right. there are yeah. so many differences here. Um, and I think, like you're saying, it's really smart that they're trying to integrate those parts from Pokemon Go. But kind of going back to the kids and parents thing, like you could see like maybe some parents were really interested in Pokemon now that they played this with their kids mm -hmm. or they went mm -hmm. on walks. I saw that a lot like when I was first playing Pokemon Go. I went to a park and like there was just like all these kids and parents and teens and just all sorts of people out playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. 
Yeah. And now this, because of that couch co-op feature too, could be like a really awesome chance for like parents to play with kids. Seeing co-op yeah. sounds really cool. And just cool. anybody to play with another person yeah. because that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's like one of the things it's taking really smartly from Pokemon Go is that like what makes that game great is the, that sense of community to it. It is that mm-hmm. sense of like walking around with a friend or like, yeah, mm-hmm. when it was like really big at launch or even now on community day, like walking down the street and running into like a hundred other people playing is like this really cool feeling. And like that shared journey, I think is really powerful uh, and yeah. something we haven't really gotten. Like there, there's kind of like the good natured adversarial like battles in Pokemon, but cooperative in essentially a core game is, is really cool. I think well, that's so super like fun. The only game that I've ever played, the only like core-ish Pokemon game that I've ever played on a TV was Pokemon Yellow through the like pack that you could put in your N64. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could play it through Pokemon Stadium. And that was the best. And now it's like, we're getting that. We're yeah. getting to play a Pokemon game on a TV co-op. Like that, That's so cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. Get that core one next year. That will also be on TV, which is super weird. It's going to be really weird not having that second screen, but yeah. they're going to figure out and be I'm, fine. Yeah. I'm really curious like this game it's funny because like I'm the only weirdo because like so many I think that's such a cool thing and the idea of that console Pokemon like open world thing has been the dream for like a decade yeah but it is funny to me like I'm really curious to see how Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu work in handheld mode yeah because they've shown like obviously with Pokemon Go I'm like just, you just have to like, throw your switch. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is like I'm I'm so practiced with curveball throwing on my iPhone. I'm curious if in handheld mode it will be touch controls really or if bad. it can only be played in handheld. I mean, it would totally make sense for them to incorporate touch controls in handheld mode. So I you would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like ultimately, I really hope this all plays as well as it looks. Yeah. Mm. I'm very excited to get into this. I mean, revisiting Kanto is really exciting, but not having to grind through it again after we've done it maybe twice. If you played the original yeah. and you played the maybe yellow re-release some of my questions are like is it going to have the elite four if yes how do you level up to get that i mean they had multiple times so you still have cp so that's probably a similar with maybe with candy or something well and like Uh, leveling up in pokemon go is you get experience points but they're from actions so it's like to level up it's like catching a pokemon is 100 xp or whatever like they could take that system, which is a very simplified kind of RPG mechanic. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe right, like maybe it will only be battles reward you, like your Pokemon. Like, so the weird thing. There are still trainer battles. It could just be for money though as well. Yeah, and like yeah. We, we talk about like transferring from Pokemon Go, like in Pokemon Go, you have CP, um, mm-hmm. which is that combat power. Uh, and then you have three values, you have three IVs. You just have attack, you have defense, and you have HP. But in the core games, obviously you have six values. And the way this is going to work is when you transfer a Pokemon, you have to recatch it in Pokemon Go Park. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the reason you have to recatch it is because it's going to re-roll the stats for those other three missing values. Right. But what's interesting about that is I don't like if, if I have a hundred percent IV Pokemon in Pokemon Go, I'm not going to want to transfer it to this if it's going to have three stats that are perfect <laughs> and then three crappy stats that were randomized. Ooh, you know? That's a great point. So yeah. I'm really curious to see like it's like it's strategy. Well, that yeah. makes also sense why you can't transfer your Pokemon back to Pokemon Go. Exactly. Because right. so, then they would yeah. have and like they've, they've kind of had that before when Pokemon Bank got introduced because obviously mm-hmm. Gen 1 Pokemon didn't have some of the attributes of the later gens. And so those were kind of rerolled too. I'm I'm just curious to see how they handle some of those like really nerdy logistics. And I know in the announcement on night one, they're not going to get into that level of detail, but like that's the stuff I think will be really interesting when they start. I'd be so about down it. if they did though. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's how stats will work. Here's yeah. the back end. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like a so on board. <laughs> but one thing I'm curious about, and we've spoken about this before, but I really I like that you can see where Pokemon are and decide which you want to catch. I like the grinding in Pokemon. I have a lot of fun with it. But one thing is having a Gyarados is always really important to me. Every time I played through the original Pokemon games, it takes a long time to find a Magikarp sometimes, and it's nice you'll just be able to see where it is and catch it. Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen with the legendary birds? as well yeah and, and like, are there gonna be candy because i the one thing i hope doesn't transfer from pokemon go is the candy system. yeah i kind of yeah i don't want that yeah like, ultimately mm-hmm. the idea of not that. having to grind it's like i don't want to have to deal with candy i just rather my pokemon level up through battling yeah yeah um, i agree yeah. And I totally I'm, agree. I'm assuming that if that is the case if you do have to just level up through battling they'll maybe reintroduce a place where you can go train mm-hmm. because you're not going to have those wild battles to grind on yeah um so I mean, there's just a yeah. lot of really interesting things there. I right? kind of didn't even realize how much there was to say about this until we started talking about oh, it. Exactly. Like my so thing much. with the birds is like, you know, if the, one of the things that's really special about finding Moltres and Articuno and Zapdos is that they are sitting in the world when no one else is and you're trying to find them. It's like, are they just going to be there like every other Pokemon is? Well, like, in a cave full of just Zubat sitting on the screen? That's a really interesting thing I'm curious about too. <laughs> like, you know Pokemon Yellow so well and like, yeah. you know Gen 1 so well. And like, like, those games, like, I... I 
started to replay Pokemon Yellow in that recent re-release, but like I haven't gone back really and played through those games to remember them in a very long time. But I'm curious how one to one this is because it does like like you found that tweet earlier. They refer to it as based on. Ra- they're not saying the word remake or anything. And I, so I hope the Kanto map is the same. Well, and that's what I'm wondering because like imagining. like Final Fantasy 14 recently brought in Ivalice from Final Fantasy 12, but it's not completely one to one. Like you can't okay. go to Rabinaster and know where you're going blindfolded mm. or anything. It, it's just kind of very heavily influenced by that aesthetic and so like here i wonder if it's kind of similar like they sort of took landmarks and took big things and they're the same but i wonder if like the roots are the same or, or things like that like i don't i don't think we mm, know yet i hope so. yeah yeah i do hope they have the elite floor and stuff in there as yeah. well like all the gym battles that you come to expect and love those three dragonites um, we'll for sure have mewtwo because <laughs> they showed the mewtwo at the end and mewtwo was something you could find yeah. so i wonder if they won't like because like the funny thing is like i joked about this on twitter but like I have 151 Pokemon in my Pokedex right now in Pokemon Go. And it's like, <laughs> they, they've already said you'll have to play to a certain point to be able to transfer them. But when I play to that point, like halfway through the game or whatever, do I just have a full Pokedex? And like, can I transfer legendaries? Can I transfer? Like the one thing they did say is that shinies will definitely transfer, um, which is cool. Can my Pikachus keep their hats? And that's a big question too. I know yeah. exactly. I want like, a team of Pikachu. I want them all to have hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really like, some of those details are going to be really follow fun. you? Yes. Yeah. Is it your buddy Pokemon? I think you could probably assign the Pikachu that sits with you if you have Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah. And then it's you could probably on your head and Pikachu on, on your shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. And yeah. I think it looks like in the trailer you can also have a second Pokemon that yes, falls behind you. Yes, you can for sure have one. And if you get a big Pokemon, you can like ride them and stuff. And like there's oh, no. other that's things. right. They did show um, that. I think they showed a Charizard using Fly potentially because exactly. that's what it kind of looked like. Or well, and, that, and that's what I mean by like Gen One through the lens of Gen Seven. Like yeah. it's really cool that they're bringing back Ride Pokemon. It's really cool that like I don't think you'll need HMs in this game. Like I, I want them to kind of take the improvements that have come to the core games mm-hmm. and apply them to this because otherwise, like, I don't want to go like I, I have so much nostalgia for Gen One and I'm so excited about it, but I don't want to like get the shortcomings of those games either, you know? Right, yeah. right. And I don't think they would do that because this is, you know, 2018. I think yeah. they're gonna make sure that it's all improved and kind of the experience that we come to expect from Pokemon at this point in time. Totally. Um, can we it, talk about the Pokeball Plus? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about the Pokeball Plus. I think we actually have a picture of it we can pull up here in case you haven't seen it yet. But apparently the Pokeball Plus is compatible with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee and also Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, the one... All right, so there's a, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things here. All right, now that I got I got a closer look at it, that like uh, circle in the middle looks like a, like a D-pad. It, or not it, a D-pad, it, it like is. an analog stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a button on the top there's the d-pad or the not d-pad the analog stick in the front and then a charging port in the back and that's it so it, it doesn't have all the buttons of a joy-con it's not like it has the face buttons and it doesn't have triggers it doesn't have all that stuff so um, no one can necessarily finish dock souls with it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, got, everyone keeps yeah. saying this i'm like you never know oh someone so, totally someone will, will. Yeah. Someone, absolutely someone will, will mod figure it out someone, like bananas or, <laughs> yes. or something but they say <laughs> you can you can play the entirety of pokemon let's go with um one Joy-Con, right? Yeah. Which is really interesting. Like, to really quickly get out of the way, the Pokemon Go integration for this, it's cute that they're doing it, but like, this thing they said has roughly a three hour battery life. Yeah. And, like, it makes noises and it lights up. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's huge as compared to the Pokemon Go Plus, which is like a little like watch type thing. Like, I, I don't think it's practical Look, for anyone but kids. To I carry think around. it is cool as hell. I, yeah. I think day. the fact that you can walk <laughs> around, you can have an external battery that you can just plug it into when you three hours is up, that you can like fling it while you're walking around playing an AR Pokemon game. I think that thing is the best. <laughs> like, I want that in the real world so bad, even if I look like an idiot. Oh, yeah. I'm going to carry mine around. Like, you can put it in your if you want, or your well, backpack. That's you don't have to keep it on your belt. What yeah. I find so funny about this thing is like it, it is obviously based on Gen One, but they're mm-hmm. actually bringing Heart Gold, Soul Silver stuff into this, like because this is much like the Poke Walker, and it's yeah. a lot like uh, those Pokemon that follow with you on the screen mm-hmm. is also a Gold Silver thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's Pika- really cool uh, that they're uh, doing yellow that. have that too. Meaning, yes, yeah. uh, just Pikachu. I mean the second, yeah, the yeah. the like extra bonus companion, I guess. So it's like the Poke Walker, as in you can actually put one of your Pokemon inside of this ball. Yeah, and risky then business. Do we know yeah. yet what we get from that though? Like what sort of benefits? You, so for sure, I think they find things as you're traveling. So okay. like maybe they could level items. up or they'll find items, which is what they did in the Poke uh, with Pokewalker. But it only yeah, works for also, three hours. Um, and then it runs out of battery. About, I mean, that's the so, estimated time. I mean, that's still a yeah. long time to walk, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and people are trying to figure out, like, now some people are saying that might have just meant that ch- it takes three hours to charge as opposed to it, it only has three hours of charge. Like, okay. people are figuring that stuff out at the moment. I but. imagine, like, unless you're using it a ton, then it probably wouldn't do much. I mean, like, three hours is walker. a pretty long time to walk around holding a ball. But, I mean, yeah, if, if, if you actively com- using yeah. it. If you compare it, though, to Go Plus or, you know, what we've been, I have one, I'm sure you have one too, yep. right, Andrew? Yeah, like, that thing, that battery lasts 
like over a month yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So like you don't ever have to worry about it. This I'm a little yeah. worried about people who might be interested in using it for something like Pokemon Go. That's why this is a really out. cool accessory for Let's Go. I yeah. feel like it's impractical for Go for that exact reason. I mean, I completely agree that it is impractical, I feel like but <laughs> I love it. Maybe three hours of charge time for like as a controller would make a lot more sense because you're yes. actively using it constantly right. to control your game. Absolutely. As opposed to if you're just walking around with it, I'd assume the life would be a lot longer because yeah. you're not, I don't know, what, what are you doing while you're walking around? Like you just pressing the button. button and just yeah. like expanding so the So you can't like the Pokemon play guy. Pokemon Go with the Pokeball. No, it's just- It's, it's just for, sorry, I mean, uh, the game's one in the docked is what I'm saying. You can't use it as a Joy-Con. You, yeah. you can, can for Let's Go, just yeah. not for Go. Oh, yeah. okay. For Let's Go, it literally replaces a Joy-Con is what was the impression I got. And yeah. then you exactly. just take it with you. Yeah, and then you put a Pokemon in it, and like they were talking about how, based on the vibrations and like the haptic feedback, it will feel like a living Pokemon is inside of it. So it will like vibrate, like <laughs> like. Does it have like HD rumble or is it? I guess like, 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 like wow. the same as the Joy-Con. There's it's a Masuda cool, yeah. quote that like he that. wants it to feel like like what it would feel like if they're like it's almost like what a weird creepy comparison, <laughs> but like it does. It feels like when people talk about like a baby kicking, like like, <laughs> like, like it's like that's seriously what it sounds like they're going for. Yeah, still love it. Yeah, 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 me yeah too. Like, <laughs> I publicly apologize already on Twitter. It's like. I'm bringing this thing with me everywhere. Can I buy three I of don't them care. and walk around That's like what I'm saying. It's like, belt? like, you have my, my, my core trio or something? Like, you know, yeah. half your team you love more than the other half. Oh, That's absolutely. just me at least. Yeah, I always just have three. Yeah, like there's three that I really love and there's the three that I trade out. Yeah, and like, so. especially when you had HMs, you're like, you're only my party because you know, cut, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I have to pull you out of the bank for me. Sometimes I have two Gyarados. Man, I really, I really, really, really hope they abandon candy so that it can just be through training because I feel like that's so much more interesting than. I feel like that's more likely. Yeah. Candy seems a little weird of like, here, now that you can finally see all the Pokemon in the overworld and you don't have to just mm -hmm. hope that you find one, it would be weird for them to say, well, now you just have to keep finding the same one and catching it to, in order to get candy. But yeah, the cool thing is, I can give you one of the shiny Gyarados I have because they have trading. Ooh. You can transfer. So there's there's a very one way path because I can go from <laughs> go to let's go and then from let's go to to your let's go. So it's like there's That's trading cool. between let's go, just Does that not mean those between Pokemon go. Are being duplicated though. No, so it'll when still you, exist in your go. It doesn't. When you transfer it from Go, you lose it. Oh. And that's kind of to the point I was saying earlier, like my strong Pokemon Go Pokemon, I'm absolutely not going to transfer because mm -hmm. I would I would worry about the values and how they'll be randomized. But I especially like the cool thing about Pokemon Go not being tied to a console is that like the location stamp on some of those Pokemon, like I'm like, I caught this, you know, in Germany. I, I have like a Mr. Mm -hmm. Mime from like a bunch of different countries in Europe. Like if that doesn't transfer over, I don't want to, you know, take it out of my game. Yeah. Yeah. So that part's going to be really interesting that like the people who are hardcore Go players, I would imagine will just have some Pokemon that keep in this, but like, yeah, I'll my weakest Articuno. I'll just so throw I it wonder in. on that go. note, and I'm sorry to keep bringing up legendaries, but I'm very <laughs> interested in them. If the capturing of legendaries will be the same as it maybe is in Pokemon Go, like through raids, like a special <laughs> yeah. event or like, something, yeah. right? Like something where you need your strongest Pokemon to be able to catch them. I'm just so against the idea that I can walk up to a Moltres and just fling a ball at it a bunch of times yeah. and catch it. I don't want that. I really yeah. hope they have events. I love that yeah. stress of, of, you know, being like, oh, I need to get it down to a slither of health, but if I kill it, then I'm screwed. Like, yes, I love exactly. that. And I don't yeah. want to lose that with all those legendaries, including your, Mewtwo. Your and I feel like yeah. if, if it's some kind of event that can be integrated into Pokemon Go, that would be cool. Well, we know that they're going to have, like, online battles, right? They did come yes. out and say that. And then is there online trading as well? I thought they said there wasn't online stuff. I might have misread that. So there's been a yeah. back and forth about like there's a translation error somebody said. Mm. Let me confirm with Casey's Twitter because sure. if you haven't checked it out already, uh, Casey yeah. DeFridis went out and wrote a whole bunch of stuff on this Yeah, game. she was at actually so. at the press conference. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. We were yeah. all very jealous of her. And we have an yeah. extraordinarily long article up that is like absolutely all the information. It's quotes from Masuda from the interview she did. It, mm -hmm. There's all kinds of great information in there that answers. You know, I, I still see people online talking about... Um, like asking questions that have been answered. They're just not answered in the trailer. Mm -hmm. So like there is more information about this game out there than you might think. Yeah, so there's like been I, a lot of yeah, news Of course, already, friend of the show, yeah. Kelly Plaguey's also been covering the hell out yeah. of it over at GameStop. So mm -hmm. GameStop, GameSpot. I, I do that every, <laughs> every time. time. <laughs> do it, yeah. uh, so check that out as well. There is yep. a bunch of stuff online. For sure. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we start talking about Quest, though, I definitely want to touch a little bit about the game, the Pokemon game coming out in 2019. So before we go on, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Casey confirmed that it was a misquote and they are for sure having online battles and trading. They are. Which I thought was the, the case. That's, awesome. That's exciting. That yeah, it would be weird exciting. not to, but yeah. Yeah. especially because it launches after September when the online service well, is going to be. Especially because it's a game that seems to be so much about sharing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We did not do that. I wonder, I, I assume there's not, obviously, but it would be so cool if there was online co op, too. 
Yeah, I mean, probably not. Like but a, maybe like at an Animal <laughs> Crossing way, you can just visit each other's cantos. Ooh, yeah. I want that. You wouldn't have your items though, because the way co-op works is that you just share your inventory. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it would be so cool to see. Like, if there is, if it is online based in that way, then I can't see why they can't have stuff like events popping up yeah. where you could catch legendaries in a group or something. Yeah, that would be fun. But it feels we can... like we're one step closer to that like canto that's <laughs> just like full of players where you can like actually battle other trees. <laughs> right. RPG, I, I just want so bad. I know yeah. it's so crazy. Like, and this really does feel like it, like it makes me very excited for what they're uh, the thing you just brought up, yeah. the 2019 game. Like, yeah. and I really hope they are. Looking at what made Pokemon Go popular, looking at the power of a lot of these things, because don't forget, like, like we keep saying Pokemon Go is what repopularized Gen 1, but don't discount Sun and Moon bringing back the Alola forms. Like, oh, like yeah, for sure. There was a lot of uh, Gen 1 nostalgia even before Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, we're in this really cool boat right now where, like, a lot of players are going to buy, like, Switch is doing incredibly well. A lot of people are interested in the Pokemon brand that maybe didn't play, like, black and white, or maybe right. they did lapse for a while. And I think it's going to be really, really cool seeing what that looks like when a brand new generation comes. Well, that's that's what this is doing for me, essentially. I mean, it's, it's you know, I got back into Pokemon with Pokemon Go. I, I was a huge, like, original fan, like I said earlier, but now knowing that this, you know, is essentially a reimagining of Pokemon Yellow, like, I'm so excited for this. I yeah. cannot wait. And I can't honestly now wait for the Pokemon 2019 game with whatever that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll see, like, what we were, you know, alluding to, like, the, all of the graphical enhancements that people were wanting for that version of the game, you know? But just so. only, I don't want the music to be upgraded. <laughs> no, yeah, you just want the original yeah. music. Yeah, yeah the, even in the trailer for Let's Go, the music was kind of weird. No. I was like, it's more this? like Pokemon Go music, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because Pokemon Go added, I think it was the Lavender Town music during the it's Halloween my favorite event. Song. Yeah, and it's so like good. when they added that to the game, I was like, oh, I just want this to be here. Yeah. For, this is the only time I've had sound on in two years. Yeah. <laughs> that one song isn't that great. Yeah. So, Andrew, do you think that there's a chance that, because um, they showed off in the trailer that you can give yourself or you can transfer a gift from Pokemon Let's Go to Pokemon Go, yeah. and then you get some sort of special Pokemon. Do you think that's going to be the first Gen 8 Pokemon? That's what it seems. That's what it seems they're implying. They said the Pokemon account, not the Pokemon Go account, but the actual Pokemon account said it will be an all-new, never-before-seen Pokemon. Right. I so, don't think they would say that if they meant, like, oh, the first Gen 4 in Pokemon Go. Like, they they mean a new right. Pokemon, I think. The okay. one new Pokemon that I've seen a lot of people speculating about is a new Eevee evolution yeah. of, mm. like, a normal-type Eevee. So okay. it's, like, Eevee, but Eevee with, like, some cute fluff <laughs> that's... Rainbow and like mm. just a different sort of Cute a rainbow fluff form that kind of matches the other evolution. I think that's such a cool yeah. idea because yeah. like there are obviously there are plenty of types that we haven't gotten from Eevee. Like maybe yeah. it will just be dragon type or whatever. That's but what I'm saying, yeah. but yeah, like that. I, I think that's such a cool idea. Just and I, you showed a, me like art, a bigger Eevee. Yeah, there's yeah. like some really awesome fan art. Just imagine yeah. what that could look like. Yeah. It's kind of cool I because it. it is, or at least Let's Go Eevee is obviously focused on Eevee and giving Eevee something special in that. And so like keeping that true Eevee form, if you know what I mean. But that makes even more sense when you talk about Pokemon Go because so Miranda brought up that theory to me, which makes a lot of sense, especially because if you have that version and you get an Eevee evolution, what they could do for the Pikachu version is that could be how they add Alolan Raichu to Pokemon Go. Mm. Because we just got Alolan Executor for the first time. For people who don't know, the Alolan (laughs) forms, uh, like like Raditya has a regular form and then you evolve into Alolan Raticate and Sandshrew and uh, Vulpix and a bunch of others. But for Cubone and Pikachu and Execute, they don't have Alolan base forms. They Mm -hmm. only have evolved forms. So Alolan Executor just got added. You can catch him in the wild. So Alolan Raichu would be so next. Much. Yeah. He's just got that real He's long neck. Tall. Yeah, I got a notification from Pokemon Go, and it was like, oh, wow, look, a long neck. This man's <laughs> in the game now. <laughs> like, all right, on board. Um, um, which is, sorry, no uh, an interesting point. Do you think that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and, and Let's Go Eevee could be things that they continuously support and add more Pokemon to, like an online service? Ooh, that'd be cool. I mean, yeah, who really Instead knows? Like, releasing sequels? This whole project is so interesting because, I mean, ideally it might do really well because of the Pokemon Go craze mm-hmm. and like 150 craze. And we don't really know what this means for the future of Pokemon. So yeah, that's why I'm really excited. How all this does. Also, I do want to say really, really quickly, PSA, if you are getting back into Pokemon Go because of this, uh, which I would highly recommend so you can get cool <laughs> stuff to transfer. Um, I put a quick thread on my Twitter that is how you can, you know, what the new features are, how you can catch up, but I'll have a much more evolved for, evolved form of that Ooh. on uh, IGN <laughs> early next week. So yeah. look and out also, on IGN for kind of what you've missed if you played two years ago and you kind of lapsed. Also check out the Pokemon Go wiki on IGN.com. Thanks. Also that. Um, yeah, so I know we're quickly running out of time here.
here, but we do want to talk a little bit about Pokemon Quest. Uh, and if you're not it's aware, <laughs> it was announced. Yeah, it's it's adorable. It's it was announced and released on the same day. It's also a free to start game, so you it's totally free. You don't have to pay any money. You can just pl- start playing right away. Um, but how how do you guys feel about it? Like, what's what's your take on it? It's also going to be available on mobile next month as well. And, and you right. can tell. Like, I, I like it. I've been playing it a little bit. but It's only been out for two nights when we recorded this. Like, right. I, I've played a little bit. Um, it is very cute. It is it is totally, kind of, it reminds me so much of every mobile game. You know, you have energy that needs to recharge. Mm-hmm. You have uh, very simple touch-based mechanics. The premium currency. Premium mm-hmm. currency. You can spend $30 to get uh, three different packs. They have kind of a, a normal, a great, and ultra pack. Is 30 the, the most? I think 30 bucks is to get all of the other packs combined. Okay. And then they're like $5 each for some of the other ones. So you're um, not seeing mobile prices of like $99 or something like I that. I think right now 30 is the highest. But okay. I, th- I think if I'm understanding it right, you could theoretically buy that multiple times because it just gives you extra tickets and extra right, right. items and stuff. Um, it, it's very cute. You you random randomly get Pokemon. You, you cook. So you have to get ingredients and you cook and that attracts Pokemon to you. And then you can catch them. And like... It's a, I think it's a really cute little game. Yeah, it's a fun, short experience. I think the the mystery of why they're blocky, like they point that out specifically, it's like, hey, why are the Pokemon blocky? That's weird. <laughs> um, it's fun, but it's a very weirdly, almost completely hands-off game yeah. as far as the action goes. There's a button you can press. It's just like auto attack. Just go. Yeah, so, I was watching the American finale last night, completely watching the show without looking away and just tapping like buttons. Like, yeah, uh, my thing with this controversial take. Yes, it's cute. I think that this is microtransaction bait. I oh, think yes. that this is just a game to I get think, people to spend money I mean, and that's it. Yes, yeah. but honestly, well, it's free to play game. It's pretty I much shall. they yeah. are. Um, I think you could get through this pretty easily. Yeah, you just Pikachu. Um, <laughs> so you can um, get through this pretty easily without spending any money. I mean, I've seen oh, people like Yeah, I'm absolutely not spending money and on it's, it. It's like, easy not to. It just yeah. depends on like how you want to collect all the Pokemon, if you want to collect all the Pokemon. Not much to it, you know? I, it's very simple. Like I said, like yeah. for the action, whenever you're going into fights with your three Pokemon, when they go on X Expeditions is what they're called. Um, you can press a button that has them auto use their moves because mm-hmm. um, they auto attack. They just like tackle pretty much. And they only and have then, two moves. It's super yeah. basic. Yeah, up to two moves, I think. Or maybe yeah. is it up to uh, two? Maybe, I don't know. If I, I, I haven't got the third. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, so for sure, only two, at least two moves. Um, some only have one at the beginning, depending on their level. And <laughs> it's so just, funny. Yeah, it's like cute, but it's there's not a whole lot to it. It's just I mean, a lot of systems part of that it, you can Part of it is the collecting. It really does. I said it yesterday, but I really keep thinking of Neko Atsume, the, the cat collecting game on mobile. Like at a certain point, part of why I'm doing this is because it really is cool coming back to your base camp and, and seeing all the Pokemon you've Yeah, and, and then and you can, so you attract Pokemon every 22 hours. One mm-hmm. will just come visit you randomly and then all mm-hmm. the food that you leave out will attract a certain number of Pokemon depending on your pot and the kind of recipe you made. Right. I think there's like 17 recipes or something. 18. And you can attract like water types if you, so like if you really wanted to try and get a Magikarp, like you can do that. Um, I think it's really cool that right from the menu you can be like, I don't want this Pokemon to evolve. So it's like yeah. if you if you only want Eevee and definitely don't want Jolteon or whatever, like you can just basically turn on Everstone option without having to like find that item, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then each expedition is if you're watching, you can see uh wave based if you haven't played. Um it's it's fine. It's yeah. cute. It's, it's totally a good a holdover. Good distraction. I mean, yeah. maybe it is just that like for me, I'm like off put by it. But if, <laughs> if you just look at it as being like, it's a kid's game, then yeah. it's fine. Yeah, totally. It's fine for kids. I really it, like it. So it'll be great on mobile just mindlessly. That's the thing. I think it's nice that they put this out on Switch just because yeah. it's like, hey, we're going to have this on mobile, but you can also just play it on your Switch if you'd rather do that. Yeah. And I like it because because it is bigger. You get a better sense for all the details and you can mm-hmm. admire the Pokemon a little yeah. bit more. And the but, this, an announcement and release strategy was brilliant because everyone went, whoa, and they, they were excited for Let's Go. Yeah. They were thinking about Pokemon. It's only the original 150. And so they downloaded it. And like that was a really smart way to kind of front load this and everyone's playing it. Maybe it'll be kind of like the Nintendo mobile games where it's really, really popular for like a month or so and then it kind of tapers off. I feel yeah. like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And I've yeah. already seen people clearing through these stages rather quickly. Like I was on the train this morning and saw someone on like the fifth stage already of like mm. eight or nine. There, I, I don't know there, how many there are. There but. are people we follow that already have multiple shinies. Oh like, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. People yeah, are yeah, really far in it already. But I, you know, I honestly think that this game, it's great, like you said, that they released it on Switch, but I think it's going to do really well on mobile. Yes. Yeah. I think on mobile is really where this game is going to be played. I'm sure like Andrew and I were already talking about how like we kind of wish it was on mobile right now. Yeah, I mean, there anything. Yeah. Or is it just I think it's June 29th. Okay, cool. But yeah. your progress doesn't transfer, which bums me out. No. That's a real bummer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anything yeah. with a timer-based energy level thing 
it just needs to be on mobile. Like honestly, totally. yeah, because yeah, it's like, it's just easier to get through really quickly and then just turn off your phone and then get, come back to it when your energy's done. The very last thing I'll say, and I don't know if they've already clarified this, they probably have, uh, I hope it works offline for the mobile version. Cause yeah. like, I assume the switch version does just fine, but I don't know if on mobile you'll have to be connected for some reason. Yeah, that would probably, be probably not, but I just, you know, yeah. like, like Mario run was a weird case of, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. So we'll, see. we'll keep an eye on that for sure. But, uh, yeah, we could talk about this probably for two shows. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, we do have to move on. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me for this segment, but stay tuned for the next segment when we have the Nicholas people coming in to talk about crystal crisis and Ikaruga. Uh, and while you wait for us to come back, why don't you check out the world premiere exclusive opening cinematic for crystal crisis? I think you guys are going to like this. Here we go. And welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed the world premiere of the opening cinematic for Crystal Crisis. Thank you very much for joining us. We've got a couple new faces here. Per Schneider. Super new face. Making a return, yes. And of course, Tyrone Rodriguez. Excuse me, I almost forgot your last name. It's all right, I do all the time. Yes, welcome <laughs> welcome to NVC. This is your first time on, correct? But not your first time at IGN. No, right. hopefully not my last. Exactly. <laughs> yes, definitely not your last. Uh, Tyrone Rodriguez is, of course, the president of Nicholas, so it is an incredible honor to have you here. Thank you so much. And you Mr. used president. to you used to work for IGN, and now you're the president of Nicholas. Pear was my boss. Yes. Oh, you <laughs> well, he is my so boss right now, so yeah, we can relate. <laughs> we have, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> oh, okay, do you want me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so yeah, you're here to talk a little bit about um, Crystal Crisis, of course, as we just saw, and then, of course, Icarus Garuga, which is making or which made its appearance on Switch, it's out. It's out now. So if you haven't bought it yet, you definitely need to get it. Um, but it originally released on Dreamcast, and then you actually did the IGN review for the GameCube version <laughs> of Ikaruga. Yeah, I just remember that today. Like I was looking up who reviewed Ikaruga, and we had multiple reviews of it. And uh, if you're watching this, you can see it on screen. Here's Tyrone's uh, <laughs> uh, review. I fixed a typo. Thank you. We have it here. Um, you gave it an 8.3, I think. I you did. said like if you're into shooters you definitely got to get it but don't expect a standard shooter this is much more puzzle like you you warned people and endorsed it fully like same same story today yeah? it's it's yeah. it hasn't changed and that's why that's why i wanted to play it on switch but it, it's it's one of my probably top amongst all genres probably top 10 games and shooters probably my top shooter that's it's just so weird the, the fact that you covered it and reviewed it and then you now publish it that's crazy did you get to meet the people behind it i got to meet mr magal who's the founder of treasure uh, which was a huge honor. It, it, uh, it's hard not to fanboy when you're when you're meeting somebody who's made like Dynamite Heady and Gunstar mm -hmm. Heroes and Alien Soldier and all these really cool games that we we played back in the 8-bit and 16-bit era. So it was it's it's been a really fun uh, experience to be able to see it from the outside, write about it, play play it for so many years, and now have other people play and, and be excited for it. Like it's a whole, literally a whole new generation of players and us as well, obviously. Yeah, totally. And, and not to cut you off, but we do have someone here. Uh, it's the fourth chair, <laughs> wow! Mr. Chris Rausch. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Chris? Good to, good to have you here. You're good, good, So very Chris, good. you flew in just for the show from Orange County and then of course everything got delayed and I you got did, stuck yes. everywhere. Yes. There we go. He told me what your last name means. Oh, I know what it means, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's get you nice and close to that microphone so everyone go. can hear you. There we go. Cool. And Chris Roush, you are the uh, creative director of Crystal Crisis, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, cool. We're going to talk about that in just a second. We're currently talking about Ikaruga, and I want to know a little bit more about um, just the whole experience. So, like, I, I know that you had mentioned, you know, it's it's... All, this Switch version is inviting for new players, of course, and it's a great d trip down memory lane for us oldies. Um, but I just got to say, I love the fact that I can play this game vertically in arcade mode. It is so cool like to be able to play your Switch on, in tabletop mode, because I know that that feature, like we talked about before, before we started filming, uh, was available in the GameCube HD remake, uh, where, but I can't imagine too many people... <laughs> A tube TV. Yeah, like twisting their TVs. I think we did do that. We did have that. Yeah. The TV did it's not, not recommended. Like that. It's not recommended. Those, yeah. are, those are like two or three hundred pound TVs back then. Yeah, yeah it's a so. lot. It's a lot easier though. Of course, uh, my standard stand does not stand up the switch like that. You gotta, you gotta find yourself something to to prop it up. But mm -hmm. it works really. It looks really nice. And in, in, what is it? Tate mode. It's tate like, mode. Yeah. yeah. Right. Japanese term for stand up. Um, 
I, I think it's really interesting. Like Tre Treasure was such a story developer too, right? Like, all the the classic Treasure games like Gunstar Heroes. We loved all those. I I thought they were gone. They're still they're still around. They've been making games, and uh, to my knowledge, they had done a couple of uh, 3DS games for Capcom in, yeah. in recent years. But they're they're still uh, around and kicking. And hopefully, I really hope that. Whether we work together again or not with Treasure, I hope that this can kind of inspire them to say, like, hey, our fans are still here. We should probably continue giving them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Very cool. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about Crystal Crisis. Now, we just debuted the world premiere of the opening cinematic, oh, which yeah, is yeah. very exciting. I, very cool. I, I get really happy when I see characters from my favorite video games, like, you know, coming together to fight each other. Obviously, right. I'm a huge Smash Brothers fan. So <laughs> this is uh, this is really cool. So tell us a little bit about Crystal Crisis. What kind of a game is it? Because I'm not sure how many people out there are aware of it. Just uh, This is a puzzle combat game. So okay. the scenario is set up like a fighting game where you've got players uh, facing off against each other mm -hmm. uh, and the characters are actually fighting while you do the puzzle uh, matching and, and whatnot. Um, you know it's a, a genre with games like Puyo Puyo and Tetris Attack and uh, all kinds it's a there hasn't been anything like this for quite a while. And so the difference is here, you don't just align the co colors, you also have to activate them with crystals, right? Yeah, so there, there are two different kinds of crystals. There are the, the standard colored crystals, uh, and then there's shatter crystals. And so when the shatter crystals come down and touch uh, the same color, uh, they'll, they'll break them all. And that sends uh, blockers over to your opponent. So the goal is to fill up your opponent's board and kind of choke them out. Nice. So how many characters are in the game right now? 19 in the game right now. 19. So it's a big, big roster. Yeah. Wow, that is really big. So I know uh, we've got Isaac in there from Binding of Isaac, correct? Uh, yes. There's also Adam and Blackjack from uh, Tezuka uh, Productions. Mm -hmm. um, so like, what, and is Shovel Knight in this one? <laughs> we haven't said anything yet. <laughs> no. He's certainly not in what you've seen so far. I mean, I don't know anything, but I, you know, that like, is a character that he's loved. Hold, yeah. hold, hold on a second, though. That's, is, I, is this something Shuffle Knight's not in? <laughs> but that, I but feel that, like he's in every every game these days. But that's Atomo. That's the Japanese anime character, right? It is. Like, uh, one yes. of the like most Absolutely. storied classic characters. Yes, none over here. How, how did you yeah. get that in your game? We, we love... Adam or Astro Boy and, and Tezuka. Yeah. I grew up reading a lot of it, watching the cartoons, and it was just, it seemed like a good match. Like, I haven't seen that character in a game since, actually, since Treasure did that, that, that Astro that Boy Adam game for GBA. Astro Boy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it seemed like a really cool match it, with, with characters like Quote in there and this kind of dynamic where he's a very wholesome character. You see Blackjack, and it's a little bit more mature, but still a very generally wholesome character. And as, as a fan, I really wanted to see if there was a way to combine all these universes together in, in the kind of game that, that we were working on with Chris. Yeah, it's, it's seamless, too. You know, as you can see, it's, mm -hmm. it works so well with the rest of the characters that we have in there. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so, right in. so there's there's a couple different modes here. There's single player, there's um, online stuff as well. Can you speak mm -hmm. to any of those and how they work? Uh, single player, we have your standard arcade mode, which is, is similar to a fighting game where you move from match to match until you get to some boss fights. Mm -hmm. uh, we have does, each, does, does each character have their own like sort of story um, or is there like a set overgrowing? There's kind of an, uh, an overarching story right. that, that has brought all these characters into the same universe. Okay. So that there's it's kind of an explanation as to what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is the Nicholas cinematic universe that's forming now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the most ambitious crossover since the last one. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so yeah, we have uh, we have that we have the uh, campaign mode where we have some kind of um, puzzles in between to kind mm -hmm. of break up the gameplay and make it a little bit more of a story mode. Uh, we have lots of different ways to to break down the game, and then yeah, tons of multiplayer, online, offline, uh, ranked, unranked, all of that. Nice, yeah. cool. One it to four players, everything in between. Cool, very cool. It sounds like it's going to be quite the competitive game too, especially online. So, um, we, yeah, are there like leaderboards and and all that stuff? Yeah, definitely yeah. leaderboards. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely friendly matches too with uh, friends, and you can you can organize leaderboards according to your friend list, your territory, or worldwide. So you can kind of see where you stack up in different places. Um, we definitely paid attention to competitive as well. You know, we've got a lot of of tweaks under the hood to make sure that this is fast and responsive, and uh, it's it's great on the surface for casual players, but then uh, the competitive uh, scene is going to really appreciate what we've done with it as well. Totally. Pretty good timing. I mean, it, it seems like I'm a, I'm a huge puzzle gamer, and especially <clears throat> on handhelds. Like, I don't always love when I'm in an airplane or I'm taking a trip to, to start a big, sprawling story game. I think, like, Mario Odyssey, Zelda are kind of the exceptions because you can do, like, these kind of smaller quests um, and, and, and save wherever you want to. But, like, I always gravitate towards puzzle games when I'm traveling. 
And there aren't actually that many big ones on Switch yet, right? Mm -hmm. I mentioned Puyo, Puyo Tetris obviously is on there, and the, uh, you know, a, a couple of smaller games, but like the the kind of puzzle royalty hasn't arrived yet, so it's pretty good timing for you guys until just now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a release date set in mind for this? Uh, we're we're announcing fall. Uh, we haven't okay. gotten more specific than that yet. No. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Are you doing anything at E three? Uh, right now, no specific plans for E3. We have a lot. We found that with the type of games that we do, we get a lot of uh, better exposure from from different events. Whereas E3 is kind of saved for for you know stuff that's like a more of an Odyssey type of game. Mm. Yeah, you know, like a big big game. I hear you. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's a it's it's a big loud show. But you guys, you guys still attend and we meet, still attend. Uh, we meet still people in, uh, in back meetings. rooms yeah, and, and try to. <laughs> I can meet you in a back room if you have time. <laughs> Just like old times, Just that kind of show. <laughs> we get, we get, it's all about family. That's right. Yeah, we're getting the band right back here. together. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so we were talking a little bit uh, off camera too. You said that you, uh, Nicholas, had you know been talking with Nintendo about developing for Switch for quite a while before uh, it actually was even un unveiled to the public, right? So yes. you guys. You guys had this really crazy, weird handheld console hybrid thing. Like, what were, what were your, some of your initial thoughts? Just you know, developing for Switch, or just you know, coming at it with the right angle. What kind of games do we want to bring to this thing? Like, how did that feel for you guys? We didn't know what it was because Nintendo was incredibly smart mm. in every step mm. of the way. They sent us this thing, and it it was it was a screen with a bunch of wires, no Joy Cons, anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like here's this here's the thing. It's got a it's got a touchscreen. It's got a pretty good processor. It's got a good GPU on it. Um, so do what you want to do. And for us, it was, okay, what do we want to play? It, it always comes down to like the games, like literally Ikaruga mm -hmm. and, and Crystal Crisis is games that we want to play. The games that we, when we work with other developers and, and publish or, or co-develop games, it's, it's, do we want to play this game? Mm -hmm. And for us with, with the Switch, it made a lot of sense. It's like, okay, let's start with, let's start with what people have been asking for on a Nintendo console. We did Isaac on new 3DS, but it was a bit of a limited release because only on new 3DS. And so the first thing we wanted to do was, was bring Isaac. Edmund's a, a huge fan mm -hmm. uh, of Nintendo and he grew up playing Nintendo and so that was the first thing we went for and, and see like okay what else can we do on this and we generally haven't hit any limits in terms of what the types of games that we want to make and we want to develop or publish as far as the switch it's been a pretty good piece of hardware uh, and fun for us totally for, yeah. for some I, uh, you guys aren't exactly a, a small indie publishing house right you have some some pretty big brands that we talked about like isaac is mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know if you ever announced how many copies you ship but it's a it's a ton right it's a very popular game but like for some of the smaller indies i think a new console is always scary right do you put resources into creating a custom version and i mean it is you have to do some things that are a little yeah. different for yeah. this machine um so basically used isaac as the as a test case or did you did you become a believer pretty quickly once you played the machine? We, Nicholas as a company, started with the purpose of publishing and developing games for Nintendo consoles, starting okay. with Cave Story for Wii. Mm -hmm. We did DSi, 3DS, new 3DS Wii U. So literally every piece of Nintendo hardware since the Wii we've we put on. So for us, it was it was just, I'm, you've known me for a long time. Yeah. I, love, I love Nintendo. But the benefit with Isaac was we have our own internal engine, a few multiple engines, but mainly the 2D engine that we work with with a lot of these games. Isaac is one of the games that's powered by that engine. Mm -hmm. So by getting Isaac running meant that, okay, it'll be easier to, what can we do with Cave Story? And what can we do with other games that will eventually be running on this engine? So it was a very conscious choice to sort of build into the future as far as technology, which would allow us to do different things with the games that we did. I love what uh, what you guys did with uh, Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, how it has that sort of like seamless transition between retro style and like newer graphics. I think that that's so cool. And and all the games that you have been putting out on Switch, uh, in my opinion, have just been really smart, like super like hits, you know, essentially uh, that I've been noticing through social media. People still talk about how much they're playing Binding of Isaac on Switch. People still talk about <laughs> Cave Story Plus and jumping mm -hmm. into it for the first time because I know that there were plenty of people out there who didn't play Cave Story on, you know, DS when it was available or when it it still is available obviously but now that it's on this newer console nicer screen you can play it in on the tv you can play it in handheld mode it just makes so much sense so yeah thank you so much for just you know putting out great games constantly thank you. it's and, very cool and one i mean one thing um i really appreciate is you focus on the physical um copies as oh, well oh yeah you yeah, know yeah. like there are four of these machines in my house <laughs> and you can't, there's no family sharing with the Switch, yeah. right? And so whenever you download a, a game from the eShop, um, it's on that machine. That's and it. So you guys create cartridge versions of some of these smaller games and like you guys do something special with them, right? We try to. It, 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 uh, I still love 
physical games. It, it's more convenient. I'm not going to lie. It's more convenient for digital. You can. It's effectively sure. a jukebox. But for the idea of buying something that you really love, mm-hmm. I, I grew up playing, you know, Genesis, Super Nintendo, TurboGrafx, and at least even something that we would lo- overlook back then, like the manual and the warranty card, all that's gone. You open up a game like Mega Man now, and it's a white piece of paper with a cartridge in there. And it's, come on, this is supposed to be special. It's a collection yeah. of my favorite games of my youth. When do I, do yeah. something with it. When I opened up uh, Runner 3... That for the first time, I got so happy. It Good. felt like Christmas. Awesome. I was like, oh my God, there's all <laughs> this stuff in there. What stuff. was in it? Uh, there was like an instruction manual. There's like a light up keychain in there. Um, what else is in there? And then we have a three inch soundtrack. So yeah. it's, it's, remember those old Japanese three inch discs? We yeah. finally found a purpose for them. <laughs> they fit inside. <laughs> Do they switches. still work? They work. Like, yeah. They work. They, they work. I had to go and buy uh, a bunch of different CD players so that we could compatibility test the master CDs to make sure that they appeared properly. But it's been fun because it's, it's, the concept of keeping this really cool thing, and then it, it you can play it too. But isn't that scary, Ty? Ty, I mean, like you're you're not just producing the game; you have to pay for the cartridge and the printing and everything. Now you're putting some tchotchkes in there. What if they sit on store shelves? What if they don't sell? It that's where we have to really be very particular with the developers that we partner up with. Yeah. And it motivates us to really market their games and get behind their games where uh, larger publishers might just pick a few games or just as a bullet point, it's like, oh, we need extra content. Mm. And for us, we really believe in the games that we choose. And for me personally and for the rest of the team, I, I know they feel the same way. We want to be proud of what we've put together. So if it means spending more money on a CD, on a manual, on a light-up keychain, and and knowing that the player opens that and this this reaction that you have where you really feel like it's Christmas or it feels like it's special. You and then you the manual. And then yeah. you open some, yeah, <laughs> smell the manual and like the cartridge and, yeah. and you get that really cool feeling. And, and people send us screenshots of like, they're so happy to collect our games because they see that we love games as much as they do. Yeah. So do you, are you thinking about Crystal Crisis? Like, do you do physical for that? It'll absolutely, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be yeah. a physical game. So any anything that's kind of a bigger tier title, a new title, do you think about physical at the same we time? Try, we yeah. try to, yeah, because yeah. the type of games we're making, I still believe that people who, who love games, they're definitely on a Nintendo platform. They're, they're still hardcore, true players, and they'll play the kind of, hopefully they'll play the kind of games that we like. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Yeah, I love I love mm-hmm. in the Runner Three manual, particularly when you're showing all the playable characters. There's like three of them there that you actually have to scratch, and it says "scratch to reveal spoilers." Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is such a genius yes. idea. Yeah. So how do you who comes up with that stuff? We have an editorial director uh, okay. who uh, he used to run Tips and Tricks magazine oh. many years ago, Chris Bienyuk, and he's one of the main people that we work with in our production team, where he does a lot of these really clever uh, ideas as far as doing the editorial on them or, or kind of coming up with, with the ideas. And then we have a, a production artist who, she does a lot of our concept art, but she does a lot of our uh, covers as well. So she did the It'll Do 2 cover, she did yeah. the Cave Story cover, and she's just amazing. She actually used to work at, she worked on Mega Man X 5 and 6. So she's got a, a pretty good pedigree in terms of she knows, and she loves games too. So it's, it's a lot of fun working with all these crazy group of people who love putting together these, these special packages. He's no uh, scratch and sniff for Isaac 2, though. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't played Isaac 2, there, there is a lot of poo in that game. There's not enough. Uh, in the first Isaac. I don't think game. there's enough poo. Yeah. There could be more. No, there's too much poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, both of you, yeah, on, yeah. on NBC. Thank yeah, it was thank a pleasure. Thank you for having us. pleasure having you guys. Um, yeah, that's our show this week, everyone. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We're a weekly show on IGN.com, and you can get our episodes early every Thursday at, uh, I don't know when they go up anymore. It's all over the place. <laughs> you know, we've been doing for it. We've been doing a live show, but we're getting ready for E3. And so we had to uh, do a, like an, a video on demand show, like a pre-recorded episode today. So we're sorry. Packing up the studio. Yeah, live audience. Uh, but don't worry, we're not done with live shows. We'll definitely keep doing them. Um, but uh, yeah, so scheduling got a little crazy today, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you can catch us on youtube.com slash Nintendo voice chat, or you can find us on IGN.com a day early. And you can also find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.